Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome. To the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co host via Los Angeles, California, Joey No Chill Prano. Hello, Andy. Morning. Morning. How are you, dude? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm, I'm excited for today's show, Joe. You are great. I'm excited that you're excited. I mean, I'm always excited, but I'm You're re- always excited? You're always excited to do the Dirty Sports Podcast? Maybe not always. Okay. So I'm excited that you are truly excited. I, I will say sports, and in particular, of course, football, has been a very enjoyable release for me, given uh, my year and these last few months. I'll tell you what, man. I've really enjoyed these NFL games. I think I, – I don't know about you, and maybe it's, again, because I was dealing with so much, but just watching these games, I feel like there's been so many fun games that have gone down to the end and great quarterback play, and I just, it's been really exciting for me to watch. I, I think this is an especially exciting weekend for you because they've spaced out all your teams. You had one of your teams on Thursday. You had your Seahawks on Thursday. Then you had your Bengals yesterday. And then tonight's where it gets dicey. You have your Rams and your Bucks. Who will you truly be rooting for in this game? <laughs> and the Chargers, you had the Chargers yesterday too. You know, Joe, I, I don't know how you you and you <laughs> like warped the dirt balls on this. Where now I'm a fan of five, six teams, and they you, they've bought in. They've bought into this with you. It's 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 a lie. Is what you're pushing? Is what I'm saying. I'm I'm just. You have, you have heavy rooting interest in at least five football teams. Because these are a lot of the players I like. Yeah. Such a millennial thing. I like players. I don't like teams. But I don't really care. Like, I found myself – take yesterday's New Orleans Saints game. I found myself heavily vested in that one because there was so much – curiosity with Taysom Hill's first start. Like I had the volume on, and you got to pick one out of the five, six games on. I had that game's volumes. I wanted to hear what the announcers had to say. Right. And you and I were texting about that game. We can start there, which is just for me. You know, he started slow. He gained some speed. He looked – I thought he looked really bad to start. I mean, obviously it's his first start. um, But I was watching in the first few minutes of the game, I was like – Trust me, I know Jameis is bad. I am the leader of the Jameis is bad uh, fan club. I, I know, I, I bet against you guys because I knew you were going to start Jameis. And actually, I, I found that quite rude of them not to make the uh, Taysom Hill announcement sooner so that I could have picked them on the show. Um, but he looked bad enough where I was like, oh, they actually might have to make a switch to Jameis. And he definitely you know, settled in, steadied, um, and played fine, you know, uh, played, I, I would almost say, uh, shades of the Teddy Bridgewater relief appearances last year, 
where they really, you know, they dialed everything back. They, they kept it to what he could and couldn't handle. And I thought Taysom Hill looked fine. You know, is he the Saints quarterback of the future? I, I would say I, I don't think so based on that performance alone, but, uh, but it's all about winning games and, you know, either getting back to Drew Brees or, or ramping up their offense to fit him if he's, you know, going to be in, in their long-term. Yeah. I, I think and by long-term, I mean this year for long-term for this season. I think that's kind of where you see the difference, the Hill versus Jameis. If Jameis is in there, you're going to have obviously a lot more passing yards, a lot more probably deep throws. The thing is the way their defense is playing, at least the way they played yesterday. I mean, they showed that stat. It was the fourth quarter. At some point in the fourth quarter, the Falcons had negative four total yards for that half. Yeah, yeah. So when the defense is dominating like that, Jameis is the last guy you want in the game. Right. Absolutely. You don't want to. You don't want to make it so that they're scoring points against your offense. Exactly. So yeah. I totally understand, and obviously everything came out with Adam Schefter that it seemed like there was, like our country politically, you had half team Jameis, half team Taysom, and both coaches and players seem to take sides in the saints. But look, I understand why they're playing Taysom, right? He is the guy they gave money to. I'm sure Sean Payton, and they even said this during the game. There's a part of him who's been chomping at the bit, right? To see what Taysom Hill can do as a starting quarterback. I guess my, my only issue with their, with their quarterback death chart, their quarterback roster is what what is Jameis? Why why did you guys sign Jameis? Like what is did you did they actually think because at, essentially at this point and obviously I think Sean Payton in a way needed to justify giving Taysom Hill that money, but you sign Jameis and Jameis is the second quarterback on your depth chart when Drew Brees is there because when Drew Brees would get knocked out of games or whatever, you go to Jameis but yet Taysom Hill is your starter when your starter goes down. Is that because in practice they're giving Jameis the second reps because Taysom Hill is getting reps as the, you know, H back and the wildcat player. Like, I just don't know the reasoning. It, it almost seems like you gave them that money. Everybody agrees. The money that was given to Taysom Hill is too much for the role that he used to play. Sure. Like you're in, you're, you're in the game for seven snaps and you are getting a bunch of money. Like the only way it works is if you're saying, Hey, this is our next guy, which they showed Drew Brees goes down. Taysom Hill goes in. So then what is Jameis doing there? That is the great question. Well, he was such a bargain deal. I don't know, there, but there's not a lot of million dollar third strings in the league. No, it's a good question. I guess that, or they, or they, you know, or maybe that they're they don't love the Taysom like they didn't love the idea of Taysom Hill being a starter. They bring in Jameis to be the actual backup, and then Jameis just is trash in practice, which is highly likely because Jameis is trash. You know what Sean Payton is. You know how they'd always say, and I don't know, and I shouldn't laugh because I'm going to be canceled. But the term they always use with R. Kelly and with these 
pedophiles and just sexual deviants, the groomers. Yeah. Right. They're like, he's grooming girls. Sean Payton is like grooming quarterbacks. That's kind of what I get. You know, he had obviously Drew Brees. Then he has Teddy Bridgewater. He's been grooming Taysom Hill for a while. Now he's grooming Jameis Winston. Like Sean Payton is the quarterback groomer of the NFL, unlike any other coach. I don't know. We we, got to talk about one thing in regards to Jameis because I don't know if you saw this yesterday, but I reached out to the greatest uh, quarterback historian on on social media. I saw. And I'm just wondering, has there been any other – Hall of Fame quarterbacks who have been benched in favor of starting a running back slash tight end at quarterback over them when it was their job on the depth chart before that. Has any quarterback been removed as the starter, replaced with a running back slash tight end? (laughs) And then that quarterback that was replaced still goes on to be a Hall of Famer. Great question, Joe Brano. I saw you. You've asked our, our resident Jameis Winston expert on social media. Well, look, Jameis one of one is still out there. And I think my favorite part of Jameis one of one week, you know, it started off great. Jameis Winston's going to get a chance to be the Saints starter. We all knew, you know, if you follow Jameis one of one, we all knew this was the plan the whole time. They're going to find a way to get rid of Drew Brees so that they could start the clearly more talented quarterback in Jameis Winston. And then it is announced that Jameis Winston will not be starting, that a running back slash tight end will be taking his place. And then it was, then the spin, I mean the spinning SpongeBob meme, the spinning lobster. Uh, then it was, you know, uh, Sean Payton made some promise to Taysom Hill. And Sean Payton, who, you know, popular, like a uh, well-known cheater on his wife, had to keep his word. He didn't have to keep his marriage vows, but he had to keep his word to Taysom Hill to start him. So he did. But then the the, the spin that Jameis one of one was putting it on all the podcasts that he does after we made him famous uh, was that Jameis Winston will actually throw more passes. This is some sort of gift start, quote unquote, for Taysom Hill, even though Jameis will be the quarterback that's actually doing running the passing offense. Of course, Jameis does not appear in the game, <laughs> does not throw a single pass. And so what's the Jameis one-of-one spin now? I don't know. I blocked him again. Uh, I enjoyed your exchange yesterday. I was secretly reading uh, in the basement lair with the games on. And, and then I enjoyed – I did go to his account as well to see his spin on Taysom Hill's game, which yeah. for some reason – he posted Taysom's adjusted stats minus his one deep pass to Emmanuel Sanders. And I'm like, wait, did you just take away a 42-yard completion? Yeah. Wow. You, you can't just take away. Yes, you can. Adjusted pa- era, adjusted passings. In the 50s, when Otto Graham was throwing, no one threw the ball over 35 yards in the air. Therefore, those stats need to be removed from the stat line so that we know that era adjusted passing and how he would rank against Sid Luckman. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I think what I hate, I think what I hate most about the other podcasts who have swooped in and stolen 
uh, our Jameis Winston, our Jameis one of one mocking, and you like basically taking our content. You know, there's many podcasts out there that have stolen from the Dirty Sports podcast, some more famous than others, you know. Um, but the guys who are out there who have decided to like take the people that we made famous, grow mustaches, and try to do a show like ours is if you're going to steal our content, at least hold the guy under fire for his comments. He said Jameis is going to throw more passes this week, and you just go like, this guy's so great. He fucking won't say. It. Maybe ask him what happened to Jameis playing. Like the guy is the biggest clown on the internet. We made him famous because he wrote a book about Jameis Winston and may or may not be the actual GM of the Tampa Bay Box. And no, and we're the only people still that are like, "You're a fucking dipshit asshole." Well, before we pivot into discussing whatever, that's it's an apples to orange comparison. Like, like, like I, I would say our show we give legitimate heartfelt takes. So I, I don't think it's even a fair comparison to compare shows when literally you and I love doing this. Obviously we do. I'm just saying if you're going to mine our show for content, at least do a, get, at least do us the, give us the credit of saying, Hey, we're going to have this guy on as a goof. We also are going to ask him what everybody wants to know is like, Jameis isn't starting. Jameis didn't throw these passes. Jameis it, it wasn't a secret, real full-time start in this. Like, put the guy in the front. Otherwise, you're just mining our show and turning it into fake comedy bits. Like, God, get out of here. It's all right, Joe. Let, 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 let anyone else do their thing. This is my take. Let them, let them, let them interview Jameis 101. You and I have said repeatedly, you know, we would never bring him on the show until we knew what he looked like and who he was, and we're going to kind of stand by that. Well, but, we do, but yeah, it's the Tim Bucks GM can't do our show. But I want to say this, you know, if that defense continues to play how it is, and they kept saying this on the broadcast, very undervalued this year, very underappreciated by most, you know, common NFL fans. But let's not forget what that defense did to the Bucks just a few weeks ago. Like, yeah. we got to put the Saints right up there at the top, in my opinion, at the NFC uh, with everybody, and, and and let's transition then to the Packers. But game. now, do you, now do you believe that to be the case, even with Taysom Hill as their starter? No, I think you need a healthy Drew Brees back in there. Right. Okay. Yeah. But I but I think you know, I, in my opinion, I saw a lot more holes, and I know it, it's different because you know the Saints were playing. Um, at home yesterday, and the Packers were playing on the road. But I saw a lot of holes in that Packers defense yesterday, a lot more, I should say, in that loss to Indy, which obviously was a hard, hard-felt or hard-fought, tough game. But uh, I don't know. Like, uh, well, you-, I, you know, I, I, said, I said about that, I thought that that game would show us a lot. I think that what that game showed us for sure is that Indianapolis – has a great defense in the first half. They didn't play like a great defense in the second half. They did. Um, I think what it shows is that um, whatever issues, you know, we may have at the quarterback position uh, for the Colts or, you know, the running back. I think, I think uh, the, the running situation is obviously up in the air a little bit with like, they're, they're not getting the same production as they did um, the last couple of years, but, when that defense 
is playing great, I mean, it's a whole different ball game, in, including the fact that that was a whole different ball game from first half to second half. Yeah. And and I agree with you. I think that the Packers have uh, some some holes defensively, and they gave up big chunk plays. And it just seemed like they kind of downshifted in that game. And you know, credit to the Colts defense, but they had all this momentum. They were playing so well. I mean, it was literally a tale of two halves. Um, I said prior to that game, you know, it'll tell us a lot. I I do think it maybe told us a little bit more about um, the Colts than it did about the Packers. I mean, the Packers still drive down and get a, a field goal at the end of that game to force overtime. A, a bunch of like bad turnovers in that game for the Packers offense that you really can't, you can't necessarily put on anybody or say that's like, that's the Packers team. And we're not talking about what the Eagles are doing where Carson Wentz just like throws balls to guys who are in stride running to the other end zone and be like, here, you take it. Um, you know, we had, we had a couple fumbles on special teams. Uh, you have, you know, I mean, how many times did they turn off the ball yesterday? I think five times. And that was with one uh, Rogers turn, one Rogers pick. So. And then there was, I, yeah, well, there was that fumble Rogers in the snap. Right. Pick. There's the fumble at the uh, overtime with uh, Scantling. Um, it's three off the top of my head. Oh yeah. yeah, and the punt fumble. That's four. I don't know if there's a fifth, but that was a fun game though. That's one of these games I'm talking about. Like that was a fun game. Went down. Obviously, did we have what two overtime games yesterday? Uh, you we had what was the other one? Titans, oh, and, uh, Titans, Titans and yeah, uh, Titans Ravens. Baltimore. Yeah, and and you know it was a fun game to watch and and wow, like like the AFC South now. Obviously, the Colts had just beat Tennessee the week before, so you have both of those teams at seven and three, and that was a huge W for the Titans to come back and then come from behind and win on the road in Baltimore. And they had to be feeling great right up until you know. They get in the locker room and and the Colts are winning the game in overtime. Yeah. So that I mean, I'll be real curious how that plays out. And uh you never count the Titans out in that game. That was a fun game to watch as well. You know, Lamar's getting a lot of a lot of questions. He he's getting a little more defensive. I don't know if you followed it. He's he's getting I haven't. the critics are kind of coming out. And by the way, Lamar didn't even play a bad game yesterday. So I mean he had one pick. But it seems like things aren't rolling. And I, I don't know if you saw this stat during the game, Joe. I thought it was a really good stat that CBS showed. And, again, it's a small portion because Lamar hasn't been playing that long in the league. But, you know, Romo didn't make much of it. But it is an interesting telling stat. Now after last game – or, sorry, after last yesterday's game, Lamar is now 1-6 when trailing after the first quarter. Okay. Which again, it's a, it's a small portion, but I think, I think that's, that's um, a stat that, that kind of glorifies the overall bigger picture. It, it, it's a highlight within the bigger picture, which is they, that, that Ravens team, whether it be defensively, but obviously offensively with what they, they like to do with Lamar, they beat the shit out of bad teams. And they struggle with good teams. 
you know, I, I hate to say it's a novelty offense. I hate to say it's a, you know, um, like a trick offense, but it, it does kind of feel like some of those college teams where, I mean, you think about all the college teams we've had in the last couple of years, like those, those big 12 teams where it's like all this high powered offense, but they get the shit beat out of them when they have to go into some sort of playoff round and play like a good team. Uh, we, we've now seen this, uh, you know, obviously in two playoffs and we see it in the regular season more and more when they get matched up as, as a Ravens team that was the one seed last year or the one, I mean, the, they had the most wins, you know, like, so they're, they're playing all first place teams now when they play out of the division, when they play whatever. And they struggle against good teams is the bottom line. Well, you know, they, they were only losing seven to three after the first quarter yesterday. And then, you know, they themselves took a 21 to 10 lead. But I think what's telling about that stat, I do put more into it than someone like Romo. The point is, and he did say this on air, the point is this. When the Ravens suddenly are coming from behind and they have to throw the ball more, and, and the, the, their game is just not as good when they have to do that. And, and if Lamar has to throw the ball 40-plus times. Right, but, uh, you know, and, and that's why I said what I said, which is, you know, being down 7 nothing, it's not like, oh, now we have to throw the ball to get back in the game. Because, obviously, the Titans got down, and that's exactly what the Titans don't. The, the Titans just live or die with, we're going to keep, getting Derrick Henry going. He's going to catch steam as the game goes on. You get tired. He gets stronger. I, again, I think that stat is more telling of just, you're going to tend to be down. Like they get out early and they beat up on bad teams. Yeah. And, and their stats of being, you know, undefeated or whatever, when they're, you know, leading by X amount of points early in the game, of course, like, I think more so than like, oh, they struggle to come back because they can't move the ball downfield. Is just when they're in a dogfight, that that offense isn't as scary as dangerous. Yeah. Who finishes with more wins, the Browns or the Ravens? Right now, the Browns are seven and three. The Ravens are six and four. Obviously, I'm not going to go through each of their schedules. Yeah, um, it's going to be close. Uh, I'll say, I mean, I'll say, I'll say push. Cause I think the Ravens will do better down the stretch. Gotcha. Well, let's talk about that Browns Eagles game. You know, at this point, the focus of this has to obviously be on Philly and Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson. And at this juncture of not only the season, but Carson Wentz's career it's absolutely embarrassing, Joe, some of the things that Doug Peterson is saying about why he's not benching Carson Wentz, considering how poorly he's played this season. Well, let me start by saying this. Uh, I love this from Philly. I've been saying this forever. Like, just as long as Philly shows that they love Peterson and Wentz, like, as a Giants fan, I'm ecstatic. This is in no way, I, I will say tons of critical things about Carson Wentz, but I will say this. I think Carson Wentz is a significantly better NFL quarterback than Doug Peterson is an NFL coach. 
I mean, what is that saying, though? It's saying Doug Peterson, who has a Super Bowl and will live off of that. Like, dude, Philly had no Super Bowls ever. Yeah. They're, they're synonymous with failure. They're synonymous with choking. That Super Bowl that they won will get Doug Peterson a long leash. And I think Carson Wentz can be rehabilitated, can find his old form, you know, like definitely don't like, like if you're Philly, Carson Wentz leaving and going to the Colts, you're going to hate that. He gets back with Frank Reich. Like he'll find something again. He has ability now there's a lot that he has shown that he can't do right now. He's making terrible decisions, but we had a short window. And again, Frank Reich was there as the offense coordinator. Their defense was playing amazing. We had a short window where Doug Peterson has looked like a competent coach. He didn't look like a competent coach before they were good. He hasn't looked like a competent coach after they're good. Doug Peterson isn't a good football coach. His offensive strategy is desperation all the time. His like his game plan is just flat out terrible. And he's showing now just being a stubborn jackass where it's like maybe Carson Wentz is better than Jalen Hurts. But guess what? Carson Wentz right now, he almost orphaned his wife and kids out there today, sir. Like he used to be the best. He's lost it. Turn in his wings. He's got full cougar. Yeah. I want to read the quote, which Peterson said to the press. I've never seen anything like this in all my years watching football. He said, if you get to that spot where you don't start him or bench him, I think you're sending the wrong message to your football team that this season is over, and that's a bad message. We have to work through this. When times get tough, sometimes that might be the easy thing to do. What? Basically, he – is again incompetent and unaware he basically what he's saying is he cannot lead his locker room he cannot go into his locker room and tell his players hey we're going to Jalen. we're we've won three games in the first 11 weeks of the season we're still in first place of the nfc east we literally need to win two games down the stretch and we probably win the NFC East. And I think right now the unknown gives us a better chance to win than the known, which is a guy who in the last month I have seen Carson Wentz have guys wide open and throw to the defense. You can say, Oh, Carson Wentz, you know, he takes chances. He's, he's got that Ben Roethlisberger. He loves to escape and then make a big play down the field. That's fine. The problem with Carson Wentz right now, guys are open, and he doesn't see them, and he throws the ball to the other team, and he holds the ball too long. And, like, the, you know, oh, their offensive line is bad. Carson Wentz holds the ball too long, tries to make too many things happen. And you can blame an offensive line. But you can't blame an offensive line for a sack when you had a guy open, but you weren't fast enough to get him the ball. Yeah, so entering yesterday's game, he was last in the league in completion percentage, 31st out of 32 teams in yards per attempt, 
first in interceptions and sacks. So statistically speaking, he's the worst quarterback in the NFL. He is. Yeah. Statistically speaking of the 32 teams or however many have had a consistent starter, he's the worst. So for Doug Peterson to say, we can't make that change when through 11 weeks, you have all this statistical evidence to back it up. The other thing is, what does that say? It also goes back to you having franchise disconnect because much like this, we were talking about with the saints. If you don't go to Jalen hurts now, why did you draft Jalen hurts? Amen. You're telling me, well, we have all these holes and you know, the defense isn't what it was and our offensive line is bad and we've got a lot of injuries and we don't have a go-to receiver and we don't have a running back. And so, okay, excuses, excuses, excuses. What is Carson Wentz supposed to do without receivers? Okay. Well, draft those guys. You didn't, you drafted a quarterback. And now you don't want to play the quarterback, even though Carson Wentz fucking sucks. Yeah. Amen. It's, it's, it's absolutely mind-blowing that you have a guy that you took in the second round to basically also not only no, – I'm not saying that Jalen Hurts is their next guy, but, he, but he's there as a good backup plan, right? I mean, does, this is – the Flacco Lamar Jackson two years ago situation. It's a good point. It's a really good point. They were terrible. They went to Lamar Jackson. They got hot. The next year they're like, I mean, Joe Flacco is getting a ton of money. I know Joe Flacco is older. I know that the idea was we're drafting his replacement and you weren't necessarily drafting Carson Wentz's replacement, but why did you draft the, the idea? Let me just say this. The flip side of the coin is worse. We spent a second round pick on a guy we want to put in for two snaps every game to run the Wildcat. That's your strategy. Yeah. That's a ter- like, think about the teams that have drafted kickers and punters high that have gotten roasted. Those guys are on the field more than two snaps a game. Sure. You said you, you spent. A second-round pick on a long snapper? No, you spend a second-round pick on a backup quarterback. Well, your your starter sucks. Put your backup in. Is it one of those things where they just spend all that money and, you know, you're at the casino, Joe, and you're just losing and you're losing and you're putting more money in and you can't just take the – like, you can't just take the L and, and tap out. Uh, let me just say this again, as a Giants fan, it's the greatest thing that ever happened. I have, as a Giants fan, I support the Philadelphia Eagles' decision to stay with Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz. I hope they resign both of them for the end of the decade. I hope that they rename the team the Philadelphia Wentz Petersons. Uh, Wentz Peterson 2024. Wentz Peterson 2028. Wentz Peterson should be the ticket forever. Please keep those guys. I love it. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you want that. Well, we have to jump from one quarterback situation to another debacle right here in Cincinnati. I have so much to say. 
about this Joe Burrow situation so much. It's because you're a Bengals fan. Well, it's because I was born and raised here, and I have sat through 30 years of futility by owner Mike Brown. And obviously, you're going to have a lot to say because when you see something like this happen to Joe Burrow, it is not only bad for the Bengals. It is bad for fans. It is bad for the entire National Football League. And I don't think people understand that enough from not only a entertainment value, from an economic value. There have been some great articles and some awful articles, in my opinion, that have highlighted this whole debacle with the Bengals and their failures to protect Joe Burrow. There was a great one in Yahoo Sports today from Charles Robinson, who's an NFL columnist. And basically, his point, which I totally agree with, was as a league, you have to protect these guys, right? Like, you have to protect the Burroughs and the Justin Herberts and any of these young guys because they are the face of not just their team, the league. And for the NFL, and there's only so much they can do, and that's kind of what he says, but to, in a way, have these owners, these bungling owners like a Mike Brown, to not set up the right situation, it's terrible for the league, Joe. Yeah, I I mean, I guess the flip side of that argument would be, and I know you tweeted it, that like, oh, the – you know, the Bengals could have moved A.J. Green and given Joe Burrow protection is that no, the step, like Joe Burrow getting sacked a lot as the first overall pick by the worst team isn't surprising, doesn't, you know, get a lot of headlines. Like, it's not like, it's not like, you know, the front page of ESPN is writing Bengals, continue to bungle can't protect burrow that that's a you know that's a headline that's deep at the bottom of the nfl page on espn what does get the front page is joe burrow throws for 300 yards and four tds in rookie debut sure and and obviously smart football minds know that if you want your quarterback to succeed, if you want your quarterback to even put up gaudy stats, building a team the right way is how you do it. But they're, but not everybody's a smart football mind. And a lot of obviously people who are in charge of the Bengals aren't because they're like, let's surround them with receivers. Let's give And it's like, yeah, but okay. The AJ, the AJ green thing is, it's just such an prime example of the futility. You're talking about a guy who was great for his first six, seven years. Then he had multiple injuries year after year after year. You're talking about a guy, they paid $18 million. $18 million for an old, he's old by wide receiver standards. He's in his 10th year. He's old, his 11th year. He's old. You paid him $18 million after injury. You didn't trade him. That's another thing people forget. The Bengals had an opportunity last year while he was injured to trade both A.J. Green and Andy Dalton. They didn't trade either. So they got zero value, zero value for either. And you knew you were going to be drafting 
a number one overall quarterback, a quarterback who had statistically put up the best season in college football history. At his- and they did the right thing at receiver for him and drafting a, a, you know, a talented wide receiver to play with him right out of the gate to have that, you know, uh, I guess we're going to use a Bengals example, like a Palmer to, to Ocho Cinco relationship or, you know, a Peyton to Marvin Harrison, like that has worked that that's all the more reason why you didn't need to have AJ green around. It's like, we're going in a different direction. Thank you for your service. We're going to do the greatest thing that we could possibly do for somebody who we appreciated as a Bengal. And that is let you free of Cincinnati. Um, so yeah, the, it was mismanagement for sure. But at the same time, um, the Bengals have a terrible ownership situation, but I feel like half the teams in the league make a decision that, that that's like that. Oh, we'll keep a marquee receiver for our, our rookie quarterback to have. We're going to have a high-powered offense. We might lose a lot of games, but we're going to put up a lot of points. And what you never factor into that is if you don't protect him, he's going to get hurt. Exactly. Look right down the road, not far from here. A quick hour-and-a-half drive to Indianapolis. Look at their situation. Andrew Luck, same way, got absolutely beaten the hell up and is now retired. It's, the, it's, it's very similar as far as you got to protect the guy. They waited too long. They finally protect him, but it was, it was too late, right, Joe? And he was yep. too banged up, and he retired. I, I just, it's such an easy decision to spend the money or use the picks. The Bengals also, for anybody who's not aware, have $12 million in cap space. They didn't even use it all. So instead of protecting your guy, and also from a financial perspective, Prano, let me ask you this. How much more money are the Bengals throw this year out because there's a pandemic and there's no fans? But let's talk about 2021. How many more fans are going to be in the seats next year if Joe Burrow's healthy? How many more beers are being sold? How many more chili dogs are being sold? How many more jerseys? This is true. If Burrow doesn't play next year, who's going to watch a Ryan Finley-led Cincinnati Bengals team? Nobody. This is actually a very dumb, short-sighted financial decision by not protecting your guy. But it's not like they're actively not trying to protect him. They're just – they just didn't – they're not – it's not a smart franchise. They didn't make a smart decision. But there's there's franchises all over the place that – I mean – they don't, they didn't protect Deshaun Watson for a while that, you know, they're not protecting like this is, this happens all over the league. I don't understand it. When, when you're drafting these young phenoms, the first thing you got to do is, is protect them. And I just will never understand this. It's, it's, it's the equivalent of I'm going to make an Andy Ruther analogy and it's a stupid one because it doesn't compare. And I don't want to, the little Joe Burrow to compare him to an arcade game, but it's like me going to get my new arcade game at Best Buy. She says to me, do you want to get the two year protection plan? It basically covers everything minus you spilling something on it. Of course, I'm going to get the two year protection plan. I just dropped $500 on an arcade game. Am I suddenly going to go, no, I don't want to spend that $100 on the geek squad. I'm going to really nickel and dime that $100. Why would I do that? Dude, you got the new Ferrari. Joe Burrow is the new Ferrari. You have to protect him. I guess, you know, an even better analogy would be, you know, you went up and you ponied up the money and you spent it. 
But imagine if she was like, instead of another hundred dollars for insurance, you can also trade me your Atari. And you're like, fuck it. I never play my Atari. Take my Atari. It's absolutely yours. Because again, they had an AJ Green that they could have moved. I know it's easy to say, like, take your 10th year receiver and trade him for a starting left tackle. It's, it's not as easy as that. But you could have gotten value for AJ Green. Could've, you you could have gotten value for Andy Dalton. Yeah, you could have. Look, I know the value isn't that high. But for both Andy Dalton and AJ Green, you can get a fifth or sixth round pick out of it. Yeah. Which could be a starting tackle, a starting guard. I also want to say this about Burrow. Joe, I was rooting for you. I know you were rooting for him. But look, man, why did you play for the Bengals? Like, like, I'm not trying to kick a guy while he's down, while he has a torn ACL. But we all knew this going in. All, so many of us said, look. Because he, just like Andy Ruther, he wanted to go home. Come on home, Joe. Come on home. Quality of life. He grew up nowhere near Cincinnati. He was on the other side of the state. Look. Why, why would you – dude, I, I'm going to bring back your boy, Joe. I'm actually going to bring in the Eli Manning situation for the first time ever. I'm going to bring up your boy. How smart were the Mannings? Though, seriously, Archie got his ass absolutely kicked when he went to the dumpster fire at the time organization of the New Orleans Saints. He saw how that played out. He saw how it ruined his career, his health, everything. And when another debacle of a franchise, the Chargers, wanted him, they forced their way out, and I'm going to jump ahead to Trevor Lawrence. Dude, you do not want to go to the Jets. You do not want to go. There's four franchises I would want no part of if I was a young quarterback coming out of college. It'd be the Jets, the Bengals, the Browns, and the Lions. I would want no part of those organizations. Do you think there's a part of Burrow, though? I mean, I'm being serious. Do you think there's but, a part? But, you can, but how far can you take that list? Do you want to be on the Jaguars? Yeah, ahead of those, by the Jaguars. Ahead of those other teams, I do. But why? Because dumpster fire stadium, dumpster fire football town. You had one AFC championship appearance. Uh, every single guy that's gone there that's been a top draft pick has since been moved to somewhere else. They keep, you know, it's a different mania every week. Uh, you know, Jake Luton free, um, like. I'm just saying, do you want to go to the Texans? You know, obviously they have Deshaun Watson, but my point is, is like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of versions of this. I agree, but I don't think, I don't think, especially when it comes to the big three and they're all in the Midwest, I'll, I'll even exempt the Jets from this. When it comes to the Lions, the Browns and the Bengals, they have such a bad oh history of losing. Yeah. This is like a spinoff of the Wizard of Oz gone horror film. Lions and Browns and Bengals. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, look, uh, and, and, and don't, don't forget, though, you know, it's, it's easier said than done. Eli Manning obviously made a great decision. Two-time Super Bowl MVP. Uh, played for a fantastic organization. Um, but he got hammered. He got hammered for it. Oh, he's a fucking diva. San Diego fans hate him. Everybody hates him. His dad's a you know prima donna. They're all assholes. The Manning, classic Manning family. Blah 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 blah. So it's easy to do that. And and Joe Burrow's not from football royalty. Well, you well, know? he's not. But but Prano, my, my, again, my argument again, and we've discussed this before the draft even happened. 
you have to also look out for yourself in your own career, both as a player and as a businessman. We, we don't know Joe Burrow's career now. We don't. When you tear an ACL, there's a good chance he comes back, he's fine. But when you have such a dramatic injury like he sustained, you don't know where he's going to be as a player. That's all I'm saying. Why would you even risk that to go to the Cincinnati Bengals, a team who has the longest drought? But, it can ha- but I mean, the thing is, yeah, it, like it happened to Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Like it happens. It's like the same it thing. Did. A guy dodges. A guy dodges. How many Super Bowls? Uh, right, but I'm saying guys dive at your legs. It happens. I, I they're, they're, the Bengals do deserve some criticism for a lot of things, and I, I think deservedly so for not prote- not doing enough to protect the guy that they were, you know, is the face of their franchise. But also, you know, bad things happen sometimes. Like no, they do. But, but he's, not, just, he's not the first quarterback to take a bad hit and tear his ACL. He's not. But there is a history of futility in Cincinnati, and that's all I'm saying. Bad things do happen. And Tom Brady, you know, getting his knee shredded, it happens. But why does it seem to happen time and time again to the Bengals? Number one pick, Kajana Carter. Number one pick, Carson Palmer. Number one pick, Joe Burrow. I just named three overall number one picks who have shredded their knees. You probably can't say that about any other organization. I know you can't. Three number one overall picks who shredded their knees. Because time and time again, they make awful decisions to surround their star players with. And this is where I want to bring it back to what I said earlier. I stand by it. There needs to be term limits in the NFL on ownership. This, again, this is not good for the league, Burrow going down. It's not good. Joe, do you know who the two longest playoff drought for wins are in the NFL? Do you know which teams? Well, the Bengals. Bengals. And the Lions? The Lions. So the Bengals haven't won a playoff game in 29 years. The Lions, 28. You know what those teams have in common? Terrible ownership. True. Great. Guess what that, guess what that great ownership? Val- great uh, real estate values in the Midwest. <laughs> also true. You know what lots, else is lots true? Of... Both those teams have had basically, not basically, they have. They've been in the same ownership family. The Brown family for the Bengals and the Ford family for the Lions. The same ownership family for 60 plus years. So I don't know. If I'm the NFL and I've seen star players go down or I've seen Calvin Johnson retire, I've seen Barry Sanders retire, at what point does the NFL go, this is not good for the league when our best players are not only retiring in their prime but shredding knees? I'm just saying. Well, Andy, let, let, me, let me tell you something that I've been saying on this show for a long time and, and that in any other sport, you absolutely may be right. Like – if the Fords were in baseball, they might have been forced to sell, like McCourt. If the Bengals were in basketball, they might have been forced to sell, like Donald Sterling was forced to sell the Clippers. The NFL, this is a spoiler for a lot of people who maybe are new to the Dirty Sports podcast and Joe Prano as a person, does not give a single fuck about 
a single fucking player. But hold on. Zero people in ownership, the commissioner, the league does not care about its players at all. I totally agree. This is where we 100% agree. But you know what they do? Not Aaron Rodgers, not Tom Brady, not Calvin Johnson, not Barry Sanders, not Jerry Rice. It's all about the shield. The, the league is the brand. That's why I said from the beginning, we will never miss a football game because of COVID because you will be starting a quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals before they say this qual- the quality of football isn't good enough for us to continue. But I guess my question, and it seems like you probably already answered it, and I think that's a great point you're making, is the NFL does care. Bottom line for them is money. We agree? Yeah. Doesn't the product – isn't it hurt when – the Lions are a prime example. When you have, at the time – Barry Sanders or Calvin Johnson, two of the most exciting and arguably best players ever at their position at, at that time. Retired well, look early. at look look Doesn't at that look hurt at the, hit- the brand and the money of the Shield. Look at the history of the of the league. Yeah, yeah, it does, but not really. That that's why if you look at the way the league has handled things, the league hasn't said we're taking away the Lions from. A, f- a family who can't keep marquee players from retiring in the prime of their career. But they will send out coded messages to every owner and say, if you sign a guy who had an opinion, we will handle it completely differently. No one is to sign Colin Kaepernick because that enrages our base of dipshits. But but Lions fans will put on their sunglasses and dress up as the fucking cowardly lion for the Wizard of Oz and be like, this is our year. Our new running back is this fucking guy. We've replaced, we've replaced Megatron with Marvin Williams and are all in Lions pride. And you're like, okay, okay. Marvin fine. Jones. I love Marvin. Whatever. He was an NBA doesn't player. matter. Yeah. <laughs> Marvin's room. I don't care. Marvin the Martian. It wasn't Megatron. And, and you know what, Joe? You're right, though. I agree again. I, I think fans are such dipshits. I see it here. I've seen it forever in Cincinnati. My brother and I always talk about – we laugh about it. These people who are like, this is our year. We got Burrow. Or this is our rebuilding process. And I'm in the background saying – you're a moron. As long as Mike Brown owns the team, you will never win a playoff game. This, I'll tell you, Joe Burrow going down is definitely bad for the league. It's definitely bad for the Bengals. The only, the only people that are probably somewhat excited about it is whoever the Bengals are playing next week. The New York football giants. That, Give yeah. me Ryan Finley. Let's go. Unbelievable. It, it just – it sucks, man. I, I, I hated – I don't know. Obviously, I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm frustrated, again, as a football fan. I, I don't want to see any of these guys go down like that. I don't want to see Justin Herbert. Look how great a year he's having. I don't want to see him go down. I don't want to see – Oh, Patrick. Andy, why'd you even say that? Why'd you even say that? I mean, now I'm now with the Ruth of Curse, I'm just hoping Justin Herbert survives the rest of the year. 
Honestly, I think they should sit him right now. Don't even put him out there. Well, he's uh, on his way to win the rookie of the year now. Yeah, I think he was on his way anyway. He he played fantastic yesterday. His stats are out of control. Um, he's looked awesome. Yeah, he's looked absolutely. Amazing. I mean, they played the they played the Jets. They played the Jets, but still, they, sure. As bad as bad as the Jets are, the the throws he made, some of the throws he made in that game, it doesn't really matter who you're playing. Yeah. No, I I totally agree. All right, let's go through some of these games quickly. Steelers Jags, not much to say there. Steelers blew them out. It was it was close early, but yeah, that didn't last. Didn't last. Uh, very big surprise game for me yesterday. There was a few. The Patriots-Texans game was a huge surprise. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got to say, I think the, the, that we had – the Patriots kind of breathe life into their season the last couple of weeks. Everybody's back on board. I just think that goes – like, the, that's it. They're done. Put a fork in the Patriots. It's over. Yeah. Um, and the – Cam Newton experiment didn't work. If you had to grade that on an A through F, where would you give the Cam Newton experiment? Um, I would give it a, a C minus. I was just, but say also, that. but also, I think you know, I'll, I'll repeat something I've said on the show many times about the situation. I'm not a Cam Newton fan. I'm a Cam Newton truther, um, and you don't sign him if you're going to play him that way. Sign him and play him the way you played him the first couple of weeks. You, you, it seemed like a good strategy. We're going we're gonna to get the last of what Cam Newton has. And you didn't. Now you're out there making Cam a passer, and every time he throws one good pass in a game, the internet explodes. Cam just threw a dime. It's like, guys, you're an NFL quarterback. You're supposed to throw six to eight times a game? Yeah. Well, Joe, did you take my advice and put a few bucks on the Denver Broncos? Remember what I said last episode? Yeah, I do remember what you said, and no, I did not. Tua, I said, man, 4-0. And they, and they gave a revealing stat. The last QB to start his first four games and win them all with Ben Roethlisberger. So it's been a long time. And uh, Tua gets benched. Your boy Fitz comes up short. He came in. He revitalized the offense, but threw a pick at the end. And uh, the Dolphins take a tough L on the road in Denver. They're going to go back to Tua for next week. What do you make of the benching and also subsequent saying, hey, he was playing bad. We wanted, you know, to mix it up with Fitz. We're going to go back to Tua next week. Um, I think that the, obviously the Dolphins strategy in drafting Tua and in playing Tua was to find a quarterback of the future. And that's fine. Tua can be a quarterback of the future. I think that this went wrong when they benched Ryan Fitzpatrick in the first place. I don't know how you bench a guy like benching a guy who's playing poorly in favor of who you want your be your future quarterback is totally fine. But it, it kind of goes back to the same thing that we've talked about a number of times on the show today in terms of like, why is Ryan Fitzpatrick there then? you want him to tutor Tua? Okay. Well, you want him to be the starter? Well, then he's got to keep playing as a starter if he's playing well. And they go away from it, and they win a couple games. And there was two games in a row where Tua played well. His first start, he didn't play well. 
they won anyway. The defense was great. And the defense has been great this whole time. And then he has two good games. He looks like he's coming along. And then yesterday, Ryan Fitzpatrick is more productive in two drives than Tua was the whole game. I don't think Tua is as good at playing quarterback in the NFL right now as Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I guess if the the move is trying to bring along this kid for the future of the franchise, fine. Go back to Tua. My, If I was the coach of the team, I never would have benched Ryan Fitzpatrick in the first place, and I certainly wouldn't be going back to Tua because my thing is we can still be a playoff team. Well, that's the question I guess I have. <coughs> Who gives you a better chance to win going forward? I think it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, no, but I thought it was when they benched him in the first place. The locker room, you know, they're six and four now. And if, if I pull up the standings right now, the Dolphins are ninth. So they're just out of the playoff spot. Ravens are also six and four. The, the Raiders are six and four. So they're still right there mathematically. I guess the question would be what's that mindset in the Miami Dolphins locker room, right? What are they thinking as a team? What's that like? I don't know. That, that, I mean, I guess that's the thing. Look, if I'm, if I'm sitting across the desk from the head coach of the Miami Dolphins and he looks me in the eye, you know, if I'm the owner or if I'm the GM or if I'm Joe Prano and we're behind a closed door and he goes, hey, the bottom line is if we make the playoffs this year, how many games are we realistically winning? It, like, I'd rather bring Tua along then and miss the playoffs then make the playoffs and lose in the first round and if you can tell me that then fine play Tua. but if your goal is to win as many football games as possible and to win as many playoff games as possible i just don't think you should have benched ryan fitzpatrick in the first place so from here on out whatever you do whatever you do in terms of your quarterback like i already think you've made the wrong move so yeah. going back to Tua now fine go back like you, I'm already off your train of thought. So sure. go back to Tua. Go to fucking, you know, Jay Cutler. I don't know. Do whatever you want. Sure. How great was that Sunday night game last night? Fantastic. I the love the Raiders. Raiders. I, love, I love the Raiders. I, I mean, I kind of knew they were going to lose that game when all was said and done. But if you're the Chiefs, it's almost like the last team you want to see. Should the, should the Raiders make the playoffs? Like, you don't want to play the Raiders. They give them, they give them hell every time they play them. Yeah. And Derek Carr, Carr looked great. Man. Yeah. Like, like here's the thing. Mahomes, I, I don't know. At this point, we're a broken record. I, I, hopefully, people are still appreciating it. Um, I was watching the game with my brother last night, and we're just marveling. I don't think people realize when he's running across the field – on you know his back foot or he's throwing across his body how do people not realize is are there other people that are watching the game with music on instead of the sound because collinsworth look and you're like what is that he's like sorry let me take patrick mahomes dick and nuts out of my mouth so i can talk about him i i don't but i don't like to realize how hard the throws he makes look so easy Week after week, time and time again. I mean, this guy is just so yeah. But let's good. but let's give Derek Carr a look. Derek Carr made a couple of those throws himself in that game. And Carr looked great. Carr's played great. And, and, you know, and there was a, I saw somebody tweet. You know, there's there's already been two Derek Carr throws 
in this game where if Patrick Mahomes makes them, we're hearing like, he played baseball as a kid. So sometimes when you go in the hole at shortstop, you just got to fling it from your hip. And, and I have news for you. Every single quarterback in the NFL played baseball as a kid. Everyone. All of them. Every single one. All of them. Every backup. <laughs> every third stringer. Everyone. Jameis Winston played baseball at Florida State. Yeah, that's right. But Patrick Mahomes played high school baseball. It's like, fucking what? Tom Brady was a drafted catcher. Look, Carr's having a great year, too. I don't want to gloss over that. He's really had a resurgence with Gruden in, is this year two? Yeah, two or three. three. I'm not sure. I don't know. Regardless, uh, I think they're really meshing well together. Um, but, and love, they put together – I mean, honestly, their receiving core love Waller. is like – Yeah, Jacobs, Waller, great. Renfro. Um, I, I, like, I like what the Raiders are building. I, honestly, you got to give credit to Gruden. I mean, the – killed for the Khalil Mack thing. We killed him. Um. I don't know exactly what those picks turned into and imagine the Raiders team with a Khalil Mack still, but that is how you do it. You have to do, you know, we're talking, we talked about the Bengals before not being able to let go of one of the faces of the franchise in, in AJ green and, and turning it around the right way. You got to give credit to Gruden. I mean, this team is totally different than it was before he took over. No, I think you're right. And that is a good point. We did kill him. And I think at this point that trade I don't know exactly what they got in return. Um, you could probably call it at the very minimum a push at this juncture, right? Obviously, Mac's been great for yeah. Chicago, but you're right. I mean, that whole franchise, in my opinion, like we're watching it change. And obviously, I think the move to Las Vegas and the excitement that comes with that, God, I just can't wait till they have fans there, man. That stadium looks so I know. Cool. I really want the Las Vegas Raiders script hat that – Gruden wears on the sideline, oh, and great. I damn near – I almost pulled the trigger on. The only problem is I have so many fucking hats. I don't think I can buy another hat. How many hats do you think you have? 30? I mean, it's what's funny what, – 80? You have 80 hats. I think, I think safely. You could, have, you could have a hat room in a house. I have – the entire top of my closet is, is hats. But uh, – and that's with like I have some. I mean, I've I've had to part with some. Not only, it, you know, over the years I've I've probably parted with two hundred hats. This is the this is the 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 remaining eighty. You're like a girl who can't give up shoe shopping, but with hats. Yeah, but I'm but I'm telling you, like at this point now, it's like only if I need it, and like I'm borderline there with that Vegas Raiders hat. I still want the Vegas. I still want a Vegas Raiders Dennis Green style windbreaker. Oh yeah, or not a Dennis Green. Who is that? Who's Art Shell? I want the Art Shell Art windbreaker. Shell. But uh, if I don't find that soon, I might have to buy that script Raiders hat. Bro, you wearing that windbreaker and that script hat with a bunch of yo fools? I'm just, I'm just getting a mental image in my head of a picture. I want that. Yeah. In the middle of the new black hole in Las Vegas. We got, next year, we got to go to a Raiders game. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bucket list. 
Has to be. I want to go visit John Gruden's house and Derek next Carr. Year, next year is uh, NFC East at uh, AFC West. Like next year, it would be Giants at Chargers, which you're still technically a season ticket holder. So that's exciting. God, it would be great if it was also at Raiders. Back to back weeks. Ugh. Get that COVID vaccine and we're ready to go. Road trip. I can't wait to go. I can't wait to go to a Vegas Raiders game. Oh, dude, it's awesome. You drive by that stadium, I'm telling you. I love that they did the outside turf inside too. Like that, like Arizona did that. That that Arizona stadium has been open, what, 12 years now? Something like that, yeah. And since then, the Raiders are the only other team that's like built a dome that does that. Now, obviously, I understand like you build a, a, a new stadium in, you know, a cold weather place. You can't just like roll it out in Detroit and like, oh, we'll just let it snow on it. But uh, <laughs> Dude, I'm, yeah. I'm picturing Detroit, the field is outside. They roll it in. There's like crack pipes, heroin syringes. They're like, yeah. whoa, this is yeah. totally backfired. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like Little Caesars pizza boxes are like, this was a bad idea. <laughs> I love it. Was it? $5 hot and ready. <laughs> that shit still blows my mind. You know what, Prano? The Detroit-style pizza is such a thing now in the Midwest, and I love it. Yeah. There's like, a pizza place here in my new hood that it's not quite like Detroit-style, but it basically is, and, and, I, and I, I really enjoy it, too. I like, like, a, I like, a, deep, uh, like a pan pizza. Yeah, not as not as it's not like a casserole like the Chicago style. Yeah, but uh, that, that Chicago shit is nonsense. Jet and I like that too. But Jets here, oh, I've had Jets a few times. Mm. Anyway, Raiders road trip next year. We got to make it happen. It's on. Yeah, it's on. The Chiefs, Maddie, man. Come on, Maddie, coming into the Vegas road trip. Oh, hey, we got to stop it. We got to stop it. What a burger outside Prim Nevada or wherever the fuck you guys go. No, we always go to the fat burger in Barstow, California. Yeah. It's like the He's like, town. I can't, I'm not coming to the game after all. I'm all in on an $8 pot. <laughs> I can't do it. Come back and get me after I'll be at the quarter 50 cent poker table. I'm all in, baby. Oh, absolutely unbelievable. We're gonna we're gonna have to auction off the fourth in that in that road trip. Me, you, Maddie, and the and the and a dirtball auction winner. Well, what about Tug? Or are you and Tug talking? Or did you blow up this whole thing with your? Oh, 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 yeah. I I forgot about that. I'm under uh, I'm under a strict. Um, what what is it like? I, I have a strict muzzle thing now. I'm not allowed to talk about Golfgate. Well, I noticed that Tug never responded, and I thought, oh boy. Oh, he responded. He responded via phone. Oh, he called you. Yeah. Ooh, you in the dog house, Prano? Look, I was just I, I as I said as I said to the, all the parties involved. I was just trying to get us some excitement for a dirty sports match play. Um. But unfortunately, I have a, you know, I can't talk about it. I now have a not, uh, I signed an NDA where Golfgate can no longer be talked about. Okay. I'll update you sh should, I ever get, should I ever get approval to talk about it again. Yeah. Well, I actually spoke with Tug myself the other day. Uh, I had a feeling 
that he was going to issue issue a cease and desist on your mouth. Yeah, I said a cease and desist. <laughs> I was just telling people. I was just. I was just updating people again. This. I was a innocent bystander on you know a a, a blossoming golf rivalry. And some um, and a lot of words being thrown around back and forth. I was just reporting it. I thought it was dirtball, dirty sports worthy news. And uh, I guess I should have let both parties speak for themselves. You know what's crazy? You're reading the tweets from the dirtballs. Man, they're quick to take sides, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus. And everybody normally keeps it between the lines, like it's a real, you know, it's a casual thing. And then of course, like. You know, there's always an outsider like Dylan Mata's like, I'm going to poison Tug's water. Fuck Tug. And you're like, geez, take it easy. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. You know, I unblocked Mata, right? Oh, you, okay. Welcome back. Welcome yeah. back, Bev. I unblocked him on everything. He sent me, a, uh, sent me a nice message and I said, you know what? With all the shit I've gone through in 2020. He had to send you a telegram though because you actually blocked him even via mail. No, he, he left me a uh, – he goes, it's not an actual letter like you said you wanted. You left me like a voice recording email. Okay. It was personal. I appreciated it. <laughs> right? Like, like life's too short for me to be holding grudges with dirt balls from years ago. So we all good, fam. Maybe I'll even play his intro. Oh, wow. Is that the sign he's really back? Yeah. You've unblocked his SoundCloud account. I think I did. <laughs> I mean, I had I, like, I, like he got the full block. Like he got the full blocked. The yeah. full Matumbo. He got the full buy forever. Yeah, he basically did. Uh, Joe, let's talk some NBA free agency news. But before we do that, I want to just let all the dirt balls know I got the best gift for Black Friday. Some bling, bling. Look at this, Joe. Look at my movement watch. How great does this look? I see that. And I got a pair of sunglasses, some stunner shades, some aviators. Look at these. How good these look. Yeah. I'm rocking mine. I'm rocking by myself right here. Guys, 2020. If you're, watching on, if you're watching our YouTube feed, Andy and I are both wearing movement shades right now. We've got the full movement experience going on right now. And Dirtballs, we all know 2020 is not playing by any usual rules, especially for holiday shopping. That's why movement is going to make it a lot easier. Their Black Friday sale is live right now. So get ahead of your shopping with their biggest sales of all time. You have option. You have, I'm sorry, you have many options. You got their watches. You got their sunglasses. All these great different gift packages. Movement has a super sleek matte black packaging. Just added a bow. Just, I'm sorry. Just add a bow. So if you want to get this for a gift, you're good to go. The products are one size fits all, and their gift guides help you find the gifts that that fits their style. Their shipping is fast, and they offer free returns all the way into next year, and that's perfect. Check out Movement's biggest sale of the year with. Fast, free shipping, and free returns by going to movement.com forward slash dirty. That's M-V-M-T dot com forward slash dirty. Guys, this watch right here, you're probably looking at it thinking, or if you're not looking at it, Joe can see it. You're probably thinking this is four or $500. No, 
it's not even close to that. So just go to movement.com forward slash dirty and get a great deal. Okay, Joe, NBA free agency. It's crazy because we're not used to this happening in the middle of the NFL season. Right. But, uh, I have a link here with what CBS Sports, I like, is deemed their top 100 free agents. Um, and we can go through some of these, some players who've made the signings and go through some of the signings we like, we don't like. I think the biggest splash we're going to say so far has been the Gordon Hayward signing. <laughs> yeah. What are you laughing about? I just – Michael Jordan and the Hornets and the LaMelo Ball slash Gordon Hayward pairing and the – like honestly, I don't even like. Is this what? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> I guess is. I'm just happy the Knicks didn't do it. I'm happy the Knicks didn't decide. Like, the Knicks have actually done what you know. Knicks fans everywhere at this point. Our thing is just don't make a terrible signing. Um, but this is this is like a relatively weak free agent class. Yeah, and yet, and yet, guys are like Gordon Hayward got 120 million dollars. Michael Jordan gave Gordon Hayward a four-year deal, crazy that is that is worth 23 million more dollars than Michael Jordan made in his entire NBA career. Repeat that again. I love that. Gordon Hayward is going to get 23 million more dollars. 23, how fitting. Then. Michael Jordan made in his entire NBA career in the next four years with the Charlotte Hornets, Bobcats, whatever the, the, the team formerly known as the Charlotte Bobcats. It's unbelievable. Like what is Gordon Hayward's value at this point? I guess we'll find out if he ever plays a full season again. I'll tell you what his value isn't. It's not 120 million. I mean, look, good for him. Get paid. Get all the monies you want, bro. Yeah. Get paid. The but, Eagles uh, are looking at Carson Wentz's deal and being like, we approve of this. We approve of yeah. this message. <laughs> I would never do that. Yeah. I, I just can't believe. I mean, what, I mean that, that's a straight. What are you building in trust? So you're. Right. And good for him. I mean, good, good for Gordon Hayward. I guess he's going to get, you know. Some hair, hair gel. Yeah. Um, you know, so he can look like one of the Peaky Blinders as he sits the bench in Charlotte. Were there some other signings that you really liked? What do you make of uh, Montrez to I was the just Lakers? Gonna, I was going to go there. I love the Lakers. I mean, I'm not a Lakers fan. Obviously, I'm a LeBron stan, and. Um, I don't have a rooting interest in the NBA at this point, other than the Knicks need to, you know, uh, sink deep enough that all the rats scatter. Uh, but you know, the, I, I essentially what I'm left with for rooting is I'm rooting for LeBron to get more championships and the Lakers have done all the right things from Schroeder to Montrez to Gasol. I think that they're, I think they're killing it. Do you think they've significantly upgraded? Yes, I do. I think Montrez is a better player than the guys they lost. It's similar to like a JaVale McGee and uh, whatever. White I mean, Howard. 
Dwight Howard. I mean, going from JaVale and Dwight Howard to Marcus Gasol, who I know is not what he used to be, but he, honestly, neither was Dwight Howard when he came to the Lakers. Uh, and Montrez Harrell, I think it's like a no-brainer. Yeah. And, and you know, Rondo was out the majority of last year. You're going from who was their starting point guard to Dennis Avery, Schroeder. Was it Avery Bradley? I get what I mean. You even say he was their point guard. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, it looks nice. You know, a lot of people said there was questions with Harrell, how he performed in the playoffs. Played in the bubble. Against... Yeah, a lot of people were questioning, and he was that he can't defend. He was in the bubble. He also. Okay, great. I'm not really super worried about that, honestly. He rebounds. He scores. I have always loved Montrez. He lost his grandmother literally, like, in the bubble or, like, right before he went to the bubble. I don't think that that can be, uh, you know, like, swept under the rug. And uh, I think he's a fantastic and, – and, like, he's the sixth man of the year. Yeah. I mean, what are we talking about? Whether or not you want the sixth man of the year – added to your roster in place of a JaVale McGee at two mil or two year, 19 mil. Very, yeah. very good price. Yeah, I think the I think Lakers, I think the Lakers know that it's, it's, you know, they're the defending champs. They have LeBron, they have AD. You, you've got to win. Yeah. Now you got to continue to win as, as many as you can. This is I mean, your window. I mean, like I would put them as the favorites again with these signings. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Especially with, you know, the, the, the Warriors lose clay um, and end up keeping that pick because I think, I mean, who are your contenders in the West? I mean, I think the Clippers fall, have fallen off significantly. And I also think that, well, first of all, I'm not a Doc Rivers fan, but I don't think they upgraded that coach, even though I, I, I don't think that they had a good coach. Yeah. They, lo- they lose Montrez. Um, like, how have they improved? And they didn't, they didn't make the Western Conference Finals last year. I mean, you're looking at uh, Portland. Right now, they, yeah, they, the Clippers didn't – they re-signed – they haven't really made many – well, I think I'm missing some. They – what did they do? They – Nothing of significance. Yeah. They lose Landry Shamit. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Denver – now, Jeremy Grant left Denver. He played very well for them in the bubble. Yeah. So who are your contenders besides the Lakers in the West? I mean, I think that you've got to say with how Denver played that they're contenders – Um, I think that you've got to think if Perzingis comes back and the Mavericks continue to improve and Luca, Luca continues to improve that with Carlisle and, you know, with good ownership and whatever, that they're in the mix, um, Portland, I don't know. I mean, but like here, here's what I'll say. If I'm playing roulette and you you know you're giving me a stack of chips and I can scatter them onto contenders, I'll throw a little dabble on Portland, a little dabble on Denver, the long shots they hit big. But like I'm putting the majority of my chunk on the Lakers. Yeah. 
I'm putting more on Denver over Portland. Yeah. I mean, I said Denver first. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Houston's done. Sure. Golden State without Clay is not a contender. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, the East is a different story. I mean, I don't know. You know, we still have a an unknown situation with like a, a James Harden move. Um, you got to think Miami is going to improve, and they were already good. Boston, you know, re-ups with Tatum. Um, the Bucks. But we're, we're starting to run out of contenders in the East, right? Yeah. Well, once that whole net situation gets figured out, we'll have a better idea. And there's a lot to happen. I mean, you know, we're still if, – if the, if the Nets are – or sorry, if the Rockets are blowing things up, if two guys not, – not that I think – I mean, it depends on where you add a Russell Westbrook, but I don't think he's, like, game-changing a franchise – but depends, you know, where yeah. he goes. Um, but, you know, Portland made some moves in getting Covington on, out of the sinking ship that is the Rockets. I like that move for them. And then, of course, I think probably the, the biggest splashy signing is Austin Rivers to the Knicks. No, sorry. Uh, who, who the fuck did they just – was it Austin Rivers? To the Knicks? Well, originally it was Alfred it Payton. You signed him. You re-signed him. Yeah, I know we signed him. That's uh, yeah, Austin Rivers, ten million dollar deal with the New York Knicks. Three years, ten million dollars for Austin Rivers. It was sorry. I, at first, I was like, wait, did Austin Rivers go back to follow Doc? But it was Seth Curry who followed Doc to. Philadelphia or who, who he went out of his way to acquire because that's his uh, father-in-law. Right. Right. At first it was like, wait, he went and got his son. No, he got his son-in-law. He's like, I'll take Seth over Austin. (laughs) Can we talk about uh, Debo Sweeney doing Debo Sweeney things for a minute? Debo time. Debo time. Mata, can you make us a Debo time? This guy's guy's such a, Damo, damo, damo. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's just such a moron. So their game was canceled this week against Florida State. They're dodging us. They're afraid <laughs> to play us. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Dabo said this game was not canceled because of COVID. COVID was just an excuse to cancel the game. I have no doubt their players wanted to play and would have played. And the same with the coaches. To me, the Florida State administration forfeited the game. Okay. What, did, did Dabo read this on uh, Parlor? <laughs> I have no doubt that the university is dodging Clemson. I also have no doubt when the recount happens that President Trump will win Georgia, will win Pennsylvania, will win Michigan. Pew, 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 pew. No games are going to be canceled next year in COVID because Donald Trump's coming back in. Operation Fast Moving Vaccine or whatever. So Operation Time Warp. We're getting the vaccine. And we're getting the championship back. 
Trevor Lawrence is going to stay because he hates the Jets. Jets have COVID. He ain't going there. Pew, 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 pew. We're going to win it all. <laughs> fucking dipshit. Guy's such a fucking moron. It's got to be tough to be a, like a rational Clemson fan because your team is so good, and this guy is just such an idiot. Such an idiot. I know. I know Florida State's not having the best year. And obviously, beating Clemson essentially saves, saves their whole season. But they didn't want to save their season. They wanted to forfeit, forfeit it against us. That's, that's the Seminoles for you. Especially when cover up. It's cover up. It's the administration, same way they covered up the Jameis thing, and now covered up. They're using the COVID. Now, our team has had 55 guys have COVID this year, so I'm not saying COVID's not a real thing, except I am saying it's not a real thing because I still let those guys stand on the sidelines and take their masks off. But <laughs> just because my team can have more than 90% of the roster get COVID doesn't mean it can happen in Florida State. I've been to Florida. Bars are open. No one's wearing a mask. How would they get COVID? Wait, hold on. Stop. Reverse that. It's fucking Ross Perot. It really is. Well, other moron college football news, even though I don't really watch much, I did put on the end of that Ohio State-Indiana game. And we got to bring yeah. this up, Prano. I mean, this coach- you tweeted about it. I couldn't, even, I couldn't even take the time to, like, tune in. Just coaching decisions. I know. Did so it, was- it didn't end up effect- uh, affecting the game? Or it no, did? it didn't affect the game, but it's just an awful, I mean, awful choice. Two top 10 teams, Ohio State's three, Indiana's nine. Ohio State's up 42-35. So it's just everybody's scoring, right? Right. Indiana's quarterback had thrown for over 400 yards. Nobody had scored – nobody had thrown for 400 yards. I forget they showed the stat, like 30-plus years or something wild on Ohio State. So they can't stop their offense. Right. Fourth and one at the seven-yard line. 4.45 left to go in the game. Joe, what do you do? Fourth and one, seven-yard line, you kick a field goal. I mean, well, how, I, like the idea of not making a two-point game, a two-score game seems so fucking obvious and dumb. Like, I just, yeah. I, I'm not even really going to justify that with an answer. They go for it. They don't get it. Now, Indiana doesn't score. But, again, like, like you just said, why are you not going up 10 points, a two-score game? I, it's, it's, to, they might not get the ball back twice. It seems like this is going to be this an ongoing thing. thing. Yeah, that there's this desperation. And I'll say the, um, the Cowboys-Vikings game had a situation like this. And the internet – but people are jumping on board this trend that, that like, the, the popular opinion is getting swayed by, like, these things. Um, that the Cowboys kick a field goal. I, I think it was late in the first half, six seconds left in the first half, five seconds left in the first half, um, that they kick a field goal and instead of going for it, could have put the Viking, could have put the Cowboys up 20 to seven if they get in and score there. Instead, they take a field goal. Guess, guess how many points they win that game by, Andy? Four. Three points, right? Wasn't it 31-28? Let me see. 
Yeah, I believe it was 31 28 at the end of the game. They take the field goal to get three points. They win the game by three points. Now, I'm no Mike McCarthy defender by any means, but even the biggest boob in the history of boobs can't mess it up sometimes. Yeah, you're right. And the whole world's like, how are you not going for it there? I think Skip Bayless tweeted it. And then, of course, now Skip Bayless is out in this morning with his Zeke Elliott jersey, probably going to have brunch with Dabo Sweeney somewhere. He's like, wow, Cabo's a back. Andy Dalton, yeehaw. And you're like, you fucking dipshits. It's yeah. like, honestly, it's – I – I More times than not, you got to – you gotta just have to take the points. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I uh, approve of way, way, way more than these field goal or fourth and something decisions. I'm totally fine essentially anywhere on the field – besides inside your own 40 going for it on fourth and one, as opposed to punting. What you're saying there is that we're confident in our defense. And what you're saying when you need to get these extra points is we're not confident in our defense. Yeah. We're not confident. Our defense can hang on to a 10 point lead with four minutes to go in a football game. I'm totally fine with like, we're at the 50 yard line. Go for, for, go for it on fourth and one, go for it on fourth and two, go for it on whatever, as opposed to punting that shows confidence in your defense. Yeah. And, and also you're not, you're not actually giving points away when you go for it in these field goal situations, you're giving the points away. Yeah. No, I agree, man. I, I uh... it just seems very. I just, I just think, I just think the. I think you want your attitude in these situations to be, I'm going to be aggressive, as opposed to I'm going to be desperate. Sure. I like aggressive. I hate desperate. Well, again, I just I don't understand why you're just not taking the points. Because there is no explanation. Well, actually, uh, t- a 10 point lead there only increases your percent chances of winning from 72.8% to 74%. Whereas, in fact, if you get a touchdown there, it raises your chances of winning from 72.4% to 79.6%. So, analytically, it would say that uh, going for the seven there would be the thing to do. I I don't get it, man. Like, like, like in, in that situation, it's such an easy call. Such an easy call. Like you said, you don't have confidence that your defense isn't going to, again, who says they're going to get the ball back with four thirty? Right. Twice. And and also, by the way, I, I should also say that, I, I approve of fourth and one, fourth and two, fourth and four calls when you're deciding between a 54 yarder and going for it. You know what I mean? But yeah. it, to me, nothing reeks of desperation more than we'd rather go for it than get a for sure chip shot field goal that gives us extra points and a 10 point lead because here's what I'm saying. I'm going over to the sideline and I'm saying, defense, I do not trust you at all. Yeah. You guys cool with that? And they're like, well, we weren't. 
but I guess we got to go play defense now. You want to, uh, you want to hear some calls? Yeah, let's do it. I think I found the uh, intro. Dirt balls, dirt ball calls. Dirt balls, dirt ball calls. Dirt balls, dirt ball calls. We got the dirt balls, dirt ball calls. How long has that been? Like my Donald Trump dancing to the thing? Yeah, how long has that been since we played that? I don't know, a long time. All right, we got two calls. We're going to finally get to your call, Joe. Hi, Joe and Andy. I was really upset at Joe for talking so poorly about Subway and their delicious sandwiches. And my wife and I did a cross-country road trip eating Subway sandwiches, and it was awesome. It was a great breakfast. Their breakfast wraps are really good. Um, if you wanted to make fun of a fast food restaurant, go, why don't you go uh, pick on Arby's or something? And then I recently heard the episode where Joe said the Mandalorian is garbage, and he has completely redeemed himself. And God bless you, Joe Prano. You are a genius. Stay dirty. Do you want to talk first or me? Uh, well, I guess I'll talk first. Uh, I'm glad. I've gotten a lot of, I've gotten a lot of uh, positive feedback on my Mandalorian takes. Seems like a lot of people are frustrated with the direction of the show. Um, so I, I, I thought that was going to be more of a, I thought that was going to set people off because folks are, especially just Star Wars junkies, like you can't say anything bad about Star Wars things or Star Wars people just come after you. So uh, excited to hear a lot of people agree with that. I got to say, I've never had... To be fair, I've never had a Subway breakfast wrap. It's terrible. Uh, I don't even I mean, know where I would start, but I can. I, I, can, I mean, this. Look at me. I can't even talk. Bro. I just. I mean, it's just the. Bro. The, the like the prepackaged nitrate-filled lunch meat on yoga mat bread. Like I don't. I mean. And by the way, I like Arby's. So I was gonna I, say Arby's I, I, is so much better. I love a good beef and cheddar. Two for six. With the onion bread, with the onion bun? Yeah. I mean, we don't have, you know, the, you know, you know, Andy, that the LA thing was like all the old style, like Arby's things. And I think all of them are like gone now. A lot of the Arby's in LA have like disappeared on me just since I moved here. So well, I haven't had Ar Arby's in forever. I mean, look. But I'll take, but I'll take a, I'll take a beef and cheddar over every single thing Subway has ever served ever. I, I agree. So obviously I just drove across the country. So you're forced to do fast food a lot more than you want. And we did Arby's once. Never did we want to go near a subway. Like, like, dude, I, this is your, you're, look, I know it's a pain. Also, if you're going uh, to me, the other thing is also, if you're going like cold cut sandwiches, like they're like subway's not even, first of all, every, you know, every state east of the Mississippi has a deli. Right. Obviously yeah. out here, there's not, we don't have a ton of delis in the West coast and God knows why it's my dream in life. If I ever get some money, I'm Oprah Prano's proper deli in Los Angeles and then retire a billionaire. But like Jimmy John's, uh, uh, Jersey Mike's I'd rather eat. I'd rather eat like out of the Jersey Mike's trash than, <laughs> than eat a Subway sandwich. Yeah. It's, it's really, kind of appalling that you would do a cross-country trip and and you know what the breakfast is you know when you get the because i had it once you know when they throw the eggs in the microwave yeah 
I can't eat microwave eggs just generally. Oh. I mean, you you know this about me. Like we we used to go, we used to get breakfast sandwiches at the Cafe Collage, which is a nice little cafe in in Venice, and they have a good, you know, ham, egg, and cheese, turkey, egg, and cheese croissant situation. And whenever you'd go with me, you'd always be like, "You don't want an egg?" I'd be like, "Just get me the ham and cheese," because I don't do microwave eggs. Yeah, I ain't fucks with it. And concerning the Mandalorian, I'll say this much. I think the last two episodes have been really good. Are you all caught up? Yeah. Yeah, I'm all caught up. Oh, he's not. Look, man, I thought it was a rough start. You don't think the last two have been good? It's the same thing, though. He literally, in, in the last episode, he goes somewhere. He needs something, and they're like, but first, you got to help us do this. Why is it always, but this show should be called, but first. But first, we need to do this. I just need this. They're like, N- I know what you need. But here's the deal. I can't help you with that until you help us blow up this base, till you help us deliver this person in her eggs, till you help us uh, get rid of the worm, till you help us. Th- it's always, but first, this. This dude, dude, just can, can, you, got, can you and fucking Baby Yoda just go, like, go? F- f- there's got to be a, a, you know, like a, tropical planet out there somewhere pull up the mask drink a fucking you know tiki drink and protect baby yoda why it's always but first we got to do this so i looked at the timeline because i was curious so technically this is taking nine year place nine years after return of the jedi okay that's where like you know there's their empire is trying to like regroup with their new thing and there's a power vacuum and all that stuff in case right. anybody cared Okay. I went full nerd this morning while taking my morning shit. All right, Joe, got one more call. Let's get to it. Where is it? Here it is. What's going on, boys? Kyle Arnowski calling back once again from beautiful Tom's River, New Jersey, home of the 1998 Little League World Series champions. Last episode, you guys talked on the Steelers, and I know Joe is uh, not a believer in them, and Really, neither am I yet, but um, I think it was last season you guys you were talking about Mike Tomlin and how he's an overrated head coach. I was wondering, does this season, you know, say they go 14-2 and two or 13-3 and three and, and get to a conference championship or maybe the Super Bowl, does that kind of um, prove you guys wrong at all, or does he have to win a Super Bowl, or do you think that the team is so talented that um, his role is kind of diminished because of that, which I don't know. I think that would be a bit of a stretch. But um, I was on the same boat about Tomlin, and, and this year it's kind of uh, made me have second thoughts about that. So I'd like to hear your thoughts about that. And uh, condoms are for the when it gets cold, when you're still used to the warm temperatures. That's worse than the fridge winters. All right. So uh, let, me, let, let, me start, let me start off by saying uh, that, Kyle, I think you need to do with your pork roll – uh, reviews. I think you need four days on, three days off, because I mean you, the I mean the pace and the depth of his voice, so much slower and lower than we're used to from Kyle. I, I I'm I'm worried about heart disease. Take yeah. a couple days off, dude. You can't eat a pork roll every single day. You don't sound well. Yeah, I don't I don't know how that is for his health. Like I had said before. Um, I think I've been more critical of Tomlin than you have. You have. Uh, um, and I will say that, you know, the Steelers being 11-0 and 0 now, 
uh, is certainly impressive. And there's you're, there's absolutely no yeah. ten and no. Sorry, there's certainly no way for that not to uh, for for you not to give credit to Mike Tomlin in that case. Like there's a lot of talented teams um, that don't play well, and there's a lot of you know less talented teams that do play well. And I think that to be the a head coach in the NFL it's getting the most out of your players and you can't get more than winning every single game. So I absolutely give Mike Tomlin credit for um, the coaching job he's done this year. Um, And I will repeat what I've said because this tends to happen on our show a lot. When I use the word overrated, people tend to think that means I'm saying somebody is not good, which is not the case. Um, I think that, you know, when I said Russell Wilson's overrated, when I say Doc Rivers is overrated, when I say Mike Tomlin's overrated, Mike Tomlin's probably still, you know, at, at no point wasn't, was he lower than, you know, my seventh best coach in the NFL or something like that. But that is still, to me, overrated when you're like, year in and year out, Mike Tomlin's one of the best coaches in the NFL. Everybody should love what the job Mike Tomlin's done. So um, I, I do – I have felt in the past that Mike Tomlin was overrated considering what he has actually accomplished in his NFL career and the credit that he gets for that. Now, to answer Kyle's question, I uh, absolutely credit Mike Tomlin for doing a fantastic job this year so far. But also, yeah, I think they got to appear. I mean, to me, for sure, you got to appear in an AFC championship game. Yeah, look. They're still not the favorite, though. Like, like you know, you got to understand this going in. Right now, as of right now, I'm looking right now at VegasInsider.com for the future Super Bowl odds. Kansas City Chiefs are still the favorite. Right. So, so let I me ask you. So, so that's why I said the AFC Championship game. It's like if the, if the Steelers lose to a Chiefs, if the Steelers go 14-2 and two and lose to a Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, I don't think that that's that's necessarily that Mike Tomlin's not a good coach. I agree. Okay. Um, But let me ask you this, Andy. If the Steelers go 14-2 or 13-3 or 15-1, some, you know, fantastic record, and they have a home game, and the Chiefs beat them 31-10, is Mike Tomlin overrated? (laughs) I mean, I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess my point is if, and if Andy Reed, who has certainly proven himself as an offensive genius, but for years was the couldn't win the, if Andy Reed goes on the road and waxes a Mike Tomlin team in a AFC championship game, you got to say that there's a big gap between an Andy Reed and a Mike Tomlin, right? Well, I just think 2020, I don't need- like the on the road, what does the on the road mean? You're not going in front of 65,000 Steelers fans. You're playing sure. in a stadium. Okay. So, 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 like, so, so, okay. So take that out of it. My point is, listen, if the Mike Thomas absolutely done a great job this year, and if they don't go to the Super Bowl because they lose a 28, 27 game to the chiefs in the AFC championship game, dude, the chiefs are super talented. And that to me, it's not, Oh, Mike Tomlin has somehow let them down. Now, if they don't make the AFC Championship game or if the Chiefs smack the shit out of them in an AFC Championship game, then what has Mike Tomlin proved? That he can win a bunch of regular season games? 
We're not there yet. He's eight and seven overall, and a lot of that damage was done in his first few years of those eight wins. In the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'd put – this is where I'd put him personally. These are the coaches I would rank ahead of Tomlin off the top of my head. Belichick, Pete Carroll, um, Andy Reid, Andy Reid, Harbaugh. So we're at four right there. You going uh, McVay? I'm not ready to say McVay's better. I like McVay a lot. I like Shanahan. I like some of these young guys. But like, well, I I, I think Kyle, I, I think Kyle's call brings up a great point, and it's a great question for two guys who have been critical of Mike Tomlin. I've been especially critical of Mike Tomlin. Does this year? Will this year? have an effect on what you think of Mike Tomlin. And I absolutely think it does. And I think that, I think the overrated thing in the past for me is he hasn't upset a better team in a playoff game, which I think happens a lot of times when you're a good coach, when you're a great coach, you outcoach somebody who has a better team. He's never upset. I, I mean, what, has he? I don't know. I'm looking right now. It's Wikipedia. Not, to me, there's not a standout like Mike Tomlin with a you know underdog Steelers team beats blah blah blah. Yeah. Well, I think he, he has a lot to prove this year for sure. Yeah. You know, he's he's he went last went to the AFC Championship in 2016 and lost to the Patriots. Gruden? That, what's that? Gruden? As far as coaches? Yeah, where you have Gruden. I mean, look at what Gruden's done in the return. Gruden's got a Super Bowl. Yeah. Tomlin's got a Super Bowl. Hmm, that's a good question. I think, I think after you get past those first few coaches, it's really tough. Yeah. So... I don't know. Like I said, I mean, for me, it's like you have Andy Reid, Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick. Like after that, look what Frank Reich's done in a couple of years in Indy. A lot of people think he's the reason the Eagles won the Super Bowl. I mean, I know it's his resume. It's just not long enough to have put together the resume. I'm just saying, absolutely, got to give Mike Tomlin credit for what he's done with the Steelers this year. Let's see how it ends up. Yeah. You get waxed in an AFC championship game by the the Chiefs, or you don't make it in an AFC championship game. Well, what was starting 10 and 0 all about? Sure. Well, if you guys have a call or question, give us a ring. The hotline is 310-359-8365. Write it down, put it in your phone. Dirty Sports Hotline. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. You can follow me at Andy Ruther, or you can do a favor and drop an iTunes review. Leave your Twitter or Instagram handle, and I'll shoot you some koozies for free in the mail, courtesy of us. Joe Prano, where can they follow you? 
at Joe Prano on Instagram and TikTok and Venmo at Fix Your Life on Twitter. Um, rate, review, and subscribe to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Listen, listen to some Joe Prano comedy in all places that streaming music is available. And don't eat at Subway. <laughs> <laughs> Drink uh, Miller Lite and let me know about it. I appreciate that, and I approve that message. All right, Dirt Balls, stay safe during all these crazy outbreaks. I know it's going to be uh, a long week for a lot of people, but stay safe, and hopefully we can cheer you up with some podcasts. And as always, stay dirty.